Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good morning. Thanks to Pastor Keith just for giving me the opportunity to speak this morning and for the opportunity just to lead our marriage and family ministry here. Uh, It's truly an honor and a privilege. Um, I did want to just highlight one quick thing before we get going here with the message is um, Michelle talked earlier about our upcoming date night. And uh, I just want to encourage you. um, We got a lot of stuff going on in our lives. And um, I I mentioned this quote uh, by the late... Gary Smalley, and the marriage guru and author guy, and uh, he said this. He said that there's no such thing as just like a stagnant marriage, just an even keel marriage. He says that marriages are either on a decline or they're on an incline. They're either getting worse or they're getting better. And um, we want to provide opportunities for you to succeed, for you to succeed in your marriage or your future marriage. And, uh, man, I just want to encourage you coming up, um, get signed up. It's only $45, and um, it's, it's such an incredible value. And uh, we've got child care provided, and uh, it's just going to be a great time to just hang out with some other couples. We're not going to force you into to some deep conversations with other couples at your table. We just want you to come and just listen and learn and grow uh, with your spouse. So I just want to encourage you, um, maybe before the day is up, um, I, don't know what else is, I don't know what else is more important, to be honest with you. I mean, unless you're out of town, um, your marriage is worth it. Your marriage is worth investing in. And um, we want to start investing in your marriage and in your future marriage. And uh, we've got some cool things coming up later in the year. We're going to be talking about finances in marriage. That's going to be coming up uh, in May. And this summer, we're going to be talking about um, raising children. And uh, we're just excited for all these opportunities that we're going to present to you. Um, So mark your calendars and um, sign up. Are you guys glad to be in church today? I am, and I love this place, and I'm honored that I get to uh, speak this morning as we launch a brand new series on marriage, and um, it's called Forever in a Lifetime. And whether you're married or not, the series is going to change your life, because if you're a follower of Jesus, you're married. This series is going to strengthen and lengthen your relationship with him. See, the fact is, whether you're single or married, whether you're male or female, success in every area of life is built on principles. And these principles work for anyone who will apply them. And we're going to look at one of those today. Today, our message is entitled, Building a God-Centered Marriage. Before we get into it, though, I'd like to have a little bit of fun. I'd like to see who's in the room this morning. 
And so, uh, first of all, I'd just like to see if there's anybody in the room that's actually engaged to be married. Is there anybody in the room this morning who's engaged to be married? If you are, would you stand up? Oh, I saw someone there. Come on. There we go. Come on, stand up. If you're engaged to be married, would you stand up this morning? Congratulations. All right, you can be seated. We got any single people in the room this morning? Come on, if you're single, would you stand up? We love, we want to recognize you this morning. Come on, look at that. Single and loving life, right? All right, you can be seated. All right, I want to do something else. Do we have any newlyweds? Anyone who's been married uh, a year or less? If you have, would you, would you stand up? Hey, look at that. Hey. Uh, Congratulations, you guys. All right, you can be seated. All right, here's what we're going to do. If you've been married more than 10 years, stand up. Come on, everybody. More than 10 years married, stand up. Awesome, awesome. If you've been married 20 years or more, I want you standing. How about 30 years? Stay standing. If you're married 30 years or more, please stay standing. 40. 40 years. 40 years or more, please stay standing. All right. 50. We got any 50s? Awesome. Um, Okay, stay standing. Uh, Are any of you married more than 60 or more? Could we we go 60 or more? Anybody? How many... How many years? 64. How many back here? 62. All right. Awesome, awesome. I've got a gift for you guys. Would you do me a favor? What I have for you this morning is I have two books uh, for you and uh, The Power of a Praying Wife and The Power of a Praying Husband, and then also a gift certificate for an evening out at Minerva's, okay? Awesome, awesome. The question was asked, what is the secret to a long and happy marriage? The gentleman answered it this way. He said, we take time to go to a restaurant two times a week, a little candlelight, a little dinner, soft music, dancing. She goes on Tuesdays and I go on Fridays. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think if we were to ask most people, when does a marriage start? They would say, the wedding. See, but in reality, the marriage does not start with the wedding. 
Your marriage started well prior to your wedding. Your marriage started with everything you brought to the wedding. And that's why here at Celebrate, we say this. We're not into weddings. We're really not. We're going, huh? Not into weddings? We're not. What we are into is we're into marriages. We're into godly marriages. And what you believe and what you practice will define the success of your marriage and your relationships. It's all about principles. Amen, church? That's what we're talking about. Principles. Principles that will help us at any stage in life, whether you're single, whether you're engaged, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, divorced, divorced. What is divorced? <laughs> Watching too many cartoons as a kid. <laughs> divorced or widowed. It's all key principles. And even if you're not married yet, this will help save your marriage before it starts. So with that said, let me give you a key principle as we begin. And the key principle is this. Belief impacts behavior. Let me say that again. Belief impacts behavior. So let's use our belief in God as an example. So if we truly believe in God, then our behaviors will be an evidence of that belief, right? We trust because we believe. We give because we believe. We tithe because we believe. We act like Christ followers because we believe. But then on the flip side, when there's a struggle with serving or tithing or putting God first in our life, that's a belief issue. 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says this, And we also thank God continually, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe. Church belief impacts behavior. But see, the same is true for marriages and relationships. See, if you try to build intimacy, if you try to build a connection, if you try to build a relationship, if you try to get close to another person before you've done the difficult work of getting healthy, getting whole in your own life, all of your relationships become an attempt to complete you. And I guarantee that will not work. You will fall flat on your face. Why is that? It's because nobody was designed to complete you except for God. Paul writes this in Colossians 2. Colossians 2.10, Paul says this, In Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and every authority. See, only in Christ we're complete. This is why we tell couples here, we say never give your heart to your spouse for only Jesus can carry that kind of weight. There's a movie that came out 
many years ago. I think it came out in the 90s. Very iconic movie. Many of you probably remember it. It was called Jerry Maguire. Anybody here remember that movie? Stars Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger. And uh, Tom Cruise played a sports agent, uh, a very successful sports agent. And um, he was out on the road, and uh, while he was out on the road, um, he recognized the need uh, to get back and get his marriage uh, back where it needed to be. Well, he came home from his trip, uh, lo and behold, to um, uh, a whole gathering of women. And uh, for, if you've watched the movie, um, you know what I'm talking about. And he's pretty much forced to have to say everything he needs to say in that moment in front of all of the ladies. There's a lot about this scene that I love. The man puts aside his wants and will and is fighting for what matters. We love that story, don't we? But what he says is wrong. See, if you believe that any person, if any person can complete you, you're setting yourself up for heartache because nobody was designed to do that. Your relationships, whether you're married or any other, will only be as healthy as you are with God. So here's a key phrase. Only God can complete you. If not, every relationship you're in will defeat you. Let me say that again. Only God can complete you. If not, every relationship you're in will defeat you. There's a book called Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts. And it says one of the big myths in marriage is this. My spouse will make me whole. See, my wife Karen, it's not her that completes me. It's God who completed us. So let's get into Christianity 101 and see what we need to get for our marriages to succeed. That brings us to the first point this morning, which is this. Jesus is your profound significance. Let me say that again. Jesus is your profound significance. See, marriage begins when you understand that God loves you so incredibly, so profoundly. You're so significant in his eyes. He loves you as though you were the only person on the planet. And it's one thing to hear it, but it's another thing to actually experience it. Folks, everything hinges on this. There was a study that determined that every human being has three deep desires. The first one is this, a desire to be loved with no strings attached. The second one is this, a desire to be loved even when you blow it. And the third one is a desire to know that we matter. And only God can fill those voids. A spouse cannot. Your best friend cannot. No one can. 
but God. See, if you try to fill that void with anything other than God, you're forcing someone to be something that they cannot. And no wonder why so many have been disappointed. I was sharing with the youth group about a week, two weeks ago. We were talking about worship. And I was explaining how it can be pretty easy in this world to fix your eyes on things other than God. And we do that, whether it's money, whether it's our jobs, whether it's uh, celebrities, maybe it's sports teams. And then we fix our eyes on the things that are not God. When we do that, it's guaranteed we'll eventually get let down. Take, for instance, here's an example. The Vikings. (laughs) Right? We put our hope in the Vikings all season long. Now, hold on, Vikings fan. I'm using this as a a beneficial example. We put all of our trust and our hope in the Vikings all year long. We fix our eyes on the Vikings, and then they hit the playoffs. Bam! Let down. (laughs) But that's just one example. That's how it is with everything and with everyone. Without God being your profound significance, you're going to get let down every time. I think it was, Reed was sharing with me the other day. He says when, uh, after, after they, they win, the whoever it is, they win the Super Bowl, it's like, it's, it's a matter of days and they're already taking bets on the next year. It's gone. But we put our hope and our effort and our money into the things that don't matter. There's a conversation that everyone has, a conversation that's 24-7. You've had it last night. You probably had it this morning. You had it before you came in here. And you'll have it when you leave. In fact, you're probably having it right now, and that's an internal, ongoing dialogue with yourself. And here's my ask. Would you categorize that conversation as a positive one or a negative one? See, there was a study done by UCLA, and on average, 73% of people fall into the negative bucket. See, we simply see ourselves in a negative light. That's why we start with Jesus. And then when we take that into our marriage or our relationships, we get the fullness of what God can do. Paul writes in Ephesians 3, Ephesians 3.17, he says these words, I ask him, God, that with both feet planted firmly on love, you'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Notice the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Now watch this. 
live full lives, full in the fullness of God. See, Paul is talking about our compulsion for completion that's not met in any other relationship. But when it's in him, the results are profound. See, let me paint a picture. Have you ever seen a couple dating and they're kind of like leaning on each other? You ever seen that? Walking down the street, they're leaning on each other. Walking hand in hand. We call that A-frame relationships, okay? Think about it. What happens in an A-frame relationship when one person stumbles? What happens? The whole relationship gives way, right? Why? Because there's no individuation. There's no individual identity. See, if my wife Karen has my heart, what happens when she dies? What happens if she acts human sometimes? What happens when there's struggles? See, she was never created by God to carry, which only he can. Jesus' question is always the same. It's not really, do you love me? But do you trust me enough that I am your completion? I am your profound experience. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, 4 through 6. We've heard this many times. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. You see, and when Jesus becomes that profound experience, well, that brings us to our point number two. Point number two is this. Life becomes an unswerving authenticity. Let me say that again. Life becomes an unswerving authenticity. Let's take for an example people who swerve on the road. We've seen that, right? Usually when people swerve on the road, that's usually because of one of a couple different things, right? One of them is, they, what, they got their phone, right? Um, not paying attention. I mean, there's a variety of reasons. But see, the same is true in life. See, when people swerve on the road, an accident is usually imminent, right? It's just a matter of time. When we swerve in life, when our eyes aren't fixed on God, an accident will eventually happen. See, the first point we looked at is all about God. This one's about us. It's about ourselves. It's about living life with an unswerving authenticity. And I'm going to come back to something. It's just not just about marriage. This is about everyone here in this room. This is about our relationships. This is about healthy living. You're probably familiar with those people who always aim to please. You can always count on them to say yes. What do we call those people? Church? People pleasers. I used to be a people pleaser. In fact, sometimes I still probably struggle with being a people pleaser. My wife and I know all about them because 
We've been those people. Those who walk around wanting to accomplish whatever so they can be liked, approved, valued, and again, not letting God be the profound significance. I'm going to give a little illustration here. Reed, would you come help me real quick? I didn't tell him he was going to help me with this, but thank you. Hold this here for me. I'm going to have you do something here with me if you would. See, when you try to win the approval of others, you end up giving them a part of your heart. For instance, if you love me, show it to me sexually. Tear a little piece off of that, would you? To be a part of this group, you need to compromise your values. Turn another piece off there, would you? To climb the ladder, you have to sacrifice your marriage and your family. Go ahead. Thank you. Thanks, Reed. <laughs> Pretty soon, this is what your heart looks like. And you have no idea who you even are. Listen, when you experience God's profound significance, you unlock your unswerving authenticity. Which means you're on his path of purpose. Which means you don't have to go down that road of trying to please people because you know he's already pleased. Ephesians 4.1 says this, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. You see, Jesus must be our profound significance. If we allow Jesus to be our profound significance, then life becomes an unswerving authenticity. And then finally, that just brings us to point number three, and it's this. Now your marriage, now your marriage becomes a selfless gift. There was a man that came home one day to his wife, and he said, Honey, I won the lottery. Pack the bags. She said, That's fabulous. Should I pack for warm weather or cold weather? He says, doesn't really matter. You're gone. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? Now, that's not what I would call a selfless marriage. Most marriages, most relationships are not selfless. To be that, to be selfless, there's a godly order. It's God self, and others. You say that with me? God, self, others. Again, God, self, others. One more time. God, self, others. You see, once you understand this, you begin to transcend your own boundaries and recognize other people's needs that are unique to them. And this is when life gets really good in his purposed and designed plan. 
Belief impacts behavior. My belief in God is stronger when I serve and I recognize that others can contribute something different and sometimes even better. It's living in the fullness of what God created for us and his church. When you believe that Jesus is your profound significance, your life becomes an unswerving authenticity and your marriage your marriage becomes a selfless gift. And when I think of what it means to be a selfless gift, I can't help but think of our Lord and Savior. Jesus, the one who deserves everything, the one without sin, who had every right to receive everything, ended up giving everything. Jesus was the ultimate example of a selfless gift. And that's going to bring us to a time of sharing in communion together. If you didn't receive communion, communion elements when you came in, you just throw your hand up and our ushers would love to bring some to you. But Philippians 2, Philippians 2, 6 through 11, I'm going to read that. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something he could cling to. Instead, he gave up his, design, his divine privileges. He took the humble position as slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Church, Jesus gave everything. Jesus gave his life so that we could live. But in order for us to truly succeed, our marriages, our relationships, we have to make him our profound significance. If we don't, simply will not work. Only God can complete us. Remember the movie clip? Only God can complete us. So by taking communion this morning, we're saying, Lord, we aren't complete without you. Only by your blood we now have life, true life, a complete life. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread, and before he broke it, he blessed it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. Would you take the bread? And in the same way, he took the cup. He said, this new cup. This cup, this cup represents a new covenant in my blood. Every time you drink it, remember me and the blood that was spilt. Would you take the cup? Father God, we thank you for this time today. We declare that only you can complete us. Nothing else satisfies, Father. We recognize today, God, that you are our profound significance. 
God, and once we recognize that, God, we get to live with unswerving authenticity in who we are and who you created us to be. And that's good, Father. Help us to recognize, God, who you made us to be. And God, as we do that, God, the next thing is just a byproduct of that. God, we become a selfless gift. You're able to use us, God, in ways that we haven't even imagined. So God, that's my prayer today, God, for everyone here. God, that you would be our profound significance. God, that we would live our lives with unswerving authenticity and in turn, we would be a selfless gift. God, thank you for your word this morning. God, thank you for speaking to us. And um, we give it all to you. We pray this in your holy and precious name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.